Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with me, Chris Bright. Every week, I'll be speaking with a church leader about ministry strategy and getting to grips with not just what they do, but the thinking behind why they do it. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Okay, my guests today are Chaz and Anne Paul. Chaz and Anne serve on the leadership team at One Church Gloucester, which is my church, and they look after the prayer team. Uh, Chaz previously worked with Suzette Hatting, uh, who is the uh, was the uh, the head of intercession with Reinhard Bonnke, and they have been faithfully serving at uh, my church, One Church, for well over a decade. Chaz and Anne, it's so uh, so great to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for for joining me. That's great to be here. Thank thanks, you. Thanks yes, for, thank, thank, thank you for those, this opportunity. He says mumbling his words. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely fine. Um, well, I, I think today it's, it's a bit of an investigation and a bit of a, there's a, it probably maybe it's just kind of, testing something that like that's that's in my heart and something that's that I've been kind of working through recently and uh, that's why I wanted to to speak with you and um because I know that you guys have been on a similar journey and um and and that you've kind of been it's been on a, a journey of, of prayer and worship and obviously you've been running the the, the prayer team at uh at one church for a number of years now but you've been on a bit of a journey recently um could you explain that journey to us and just let us know, yeah, what what journey that you've been on in terms of prayer and worship recently? Sure, yeah, um, well, I'll kick it off because it's um, there's. I'm going to say right at the start, there's there's lots of backstories. So if I jump around a bit, it's just because there are lots of backstories that lead into this main event. Um, it's like it's like that main that old picture of a tapestry, you know. And I think this is what God does in our lives. He He weaves a tapestry in our lives, and it it might begin years ago with one particular thread going over here somewhere, and then another thread is going in a different direction, and all these threads that we don't even know are going on over the years um, suddenly come together and they form this beautiful picture. So that that's what's happened. That's there's been a whole lot of different threads of my journey with God over many years that have culminated in something that we're, we're talking about today. So forgive me if I jump around a bit. No, that's fine. Um, so yeah, as you mentioned, I worked with Suzette Hutting, who was uh, Rhino Bonker's intercessor, and uh, that's where I learned to pray. If if you can learn to pray from someone, she she trained us. She trained uh trained me in that and um that was many years ago but her her style of prayer that i, that I was taught at that time was a very active forceful kind of, of prayer which is great i still i love that kind of prayer still but i i found some years ago probably about two three years ago when i was sitting having my quiet times in the morning uh praying like this god one day just said to me Chaz, shh, just calm down shh Stop talking for a minute and just listen to mm. me. And God taught me to, to sit quietly in his presence and start to appreciate his presence more than the activity. And I think that's what sort of led us to this place. So that's, that's a bit of that. But where this journey, particularly journey, really kicked off was in lockdown. Like, like many of us, lockdown kicked in in March back year, last year in, in the UK. And... Uh, Overnight, I was, I was sent home from work and told to stay home and had nothing to do. Uh, my job is to support telephone services on site with no one on site. 
there was no one to support. So I literally had nothing to do like many of us. Um, so I thought, well, let me make use of this time. So I made use of the time, first of all, by um, investing in my quiet times in the morning, because my job traditionally starts at, at 7.30 in the morning. And um, so I didn't have much time. I've always struggled. I'm not a morning person. So I've always struggled to squeeze in what we call our quiet time in the morning. I was sort of grabbing 10, 15 minutes before going off to work. Um, but now being at home all the time, had all the time in the world. So I think I probably made one of the best decisions I've ever made in my yeah. life, which was, I'm not going to just lie in bed because I can. I'm going to get up the normal time I'll go. But now I've got time. I, I don't have to just sit for 10, 15 minutes and now I've got to be out the door. door. I, I can spend time with God. So I made a quality decision to, to start doing that, to start spending an hour, hour and a half every morning just sitting on the sofa, listening to God as he had taught me to do, being still in his presence, enjoying his presence. And I was loving it. And it was just a revelation for me to, to be able to, maybe for the first time in many, many years, have the opportunity of quality, sustained quality time in the mornings. And I really started to learn about the presence of God in, in those times. Um, but then we, I decided to push it even further. I thought, okay, so that takes an hour or two of my day, of my morning. What about the rest of the day? And so I made another, what I believe was a quality decision, and, and we both decided, let's start watching more podcasts. I wanted to study more of God's word and that, but I'm, I'm not a good studier. I'm a watch and listen and do type learner rather than a reader. So I started watching lots of podcasts from all around, different preachers from around the world. And something started to stir in me as I was watching these, these different preachers and these different sermons. Something really started to happen in me. And I found that um, I'd just start crying while I was watching these, these services online. And I couldn't explain it. But I, I recognized that it was whenever the preacher had a particular anointing on him or said particular things, I would just start weeping. I'd be sitting on the sofa and just, it was quite embarrassing at first until, you know, you got used to it. I got over it. I got over it. My wife's going to see me I cry, cry okay? all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I, I started watching these sermons and I was crying all the time. Then something happened. I started being drawn to watch the worship rather than the preach. Now, I'm not a musician. I can't, I can't sing, can't dance, can't play an instrument, can't read music, you know. Um, and I've always done the traditional thing. Fast forward through the worship, watch the preach. And I found I was being drawn more and more to watch the worship, which for me was quite unusual. And same thing happened. If the worship leader or the worship set was particularly anointed, I would just sit there in tears. And I'd go through entire sets, worship sets, watching them, just crying all the way through. And one day I said, God, what is going on? What are you doing to me? Firstly, my prayer was, whatever you're doing to me, don't stop. Keep doing it. Mm -hmm. But then I said, well, what is it you're doing? And before I'd even finished asking that question, God answered and he said, you're beginning to recognize my presence. I thought, wow, that's it. And then he said, pursue it, chase after it. Mm. It's good enough to recognize my presence, but you also need to chase after it yourself. Mm. So... We, again, another quality decision said, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to determine to chase after your presence. Um, I then started watching 
found myself being drawn to watch not just preaching and not just worship sets, but preaching on worship, if that makes sense. So I found myself drawn to certain, there's there's so much resources on YouTube, it's wonderful. Um, I was watching teaching about worship. Like I said, I'm, I'm not a worship leader or anything like that. I can't sing, can't dance, can't play an instrument. But I found myself being drawn to watch worship leaders teaching other worship leaders. And there was a particular podcast that that just God used to speak to me. And uh, I was watching it. It was a Stephanie Gresinger. Now, if anyone knows of Stephanie Gresinger, Gresinger I think her name is, she's very free. She has a very free, liberated style of worship, um, which is a bit unusual for some, but I love it. And I was watching her. She Now, she was teaching other worship leaders. And someone asked the question, Stephanie, how did you get so free in your worship? And she said, she said a couple of things, but she said, firstly, it starts at home. She says, we're all comfortable, any one of us, and, and we'll all recognize this, we go to a conference, you're surrounded by 700 people, you'll raise your hands, you'll raise your voice, you'll wave your arms around, you might even do a bit of a dance if it's that kind of music, and you'll love that, you know, that's fine. But alone in your living room, you're too embarrassed to do that when no one's watching. What's that about? And she said, you have to get over your pride, surrender your pride, surrender your dignity, because that's all that's stopping you. She said, it has to start in your living room. Okay, I can do that. But I'm sitting here quietly, nicely, enjoying God's presence. Then she continues speaking and she said this. She said, some of you need to calm down and just sit in God's presence. I thought, well, I'm doing that. And I'm feeling quite smug about this now. I'm thinking, yeah, but that's me. I'm there. I've been doing that for years, Steph. What are you on about? Then she continued at the next sentence. And the rest of you, she said, have been sitting for so long that you're not doing anything. And that just hit me in my heart. I thought, yeah, you got me. You got me. <laughs> so I made a decision to um, be active, start being active in my worship at home, uh, which it was. It was. It's really a strange thing. Nobody's watching you, but you feel embarrassed in your own living room, to, to raise your hands, to raise your voice when no one's listening. And why, why is that? I just still don't understand what that's about, but get over that. I got over that and it's, it set me free in worship and it opened up a whole new realm of worship for us, which, which we're still exploring today. Mm-hmm. Um, did you want to throw anything in? No, I think that the decision we made then was to worship together for an hour every evening. And um, those hours um, were really, really precious. There were times when I I would just have to lie on the floor on my face because I knew the presence of God had entered the room. And that was just through the TV screen. It's it's a surrender. And, yeah. Yeah, so I had to surrender pride uh, because an embarrassment of Anne seeing me worship like this. So we made the decision. I said, okay, and let's, let's do this together. Because up until now, it had been my journey, really. And I thought, I don't, I, can't, I need to be doing this with my wife. So we had a conversation about it. I said, let's, yeah. we made a quality decision, lots of decisions. I keep saying that. Um, that we, we set aside an hour every night simply to worship along with YouTube. 
and it just changed everything for us. Yeah. Absolutely changed everything for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, could I'd love for you to be able to describe what that what you feel like that change in you has has been because it's definitely you know hearing some of your story and I've obviously I've, I've heard sort of the story before uh, but what what do you feel like it's done inside you like what do you feel like has changed in you in in those times of, of worship for for me it's it made me aware of the presence of god outside of those worship times because it's like in those worship times where i've been deliberately seeking the presence of god i've made a connection so when I've gone about my daily, my daily life outside of that hour, I still feel that connection because something is bonded. You know how a mother bonds with a child and a father bonds with a child? You know, you, you rest it, you rest that child on your heart. And I feel that's what, that creates a bond. I feel that's what's happened for me in, I like, I've, I've got that bond now. So when I go outside of it, I'm still aware of the presence of God. It's very tangible for me. It's not. It's not spooky, <laughs> but it's very tangible. Absolutely, I was going to say the same thing. For me, it's it's an awareness of God's presence. It has been the tangible presence of God is more real to me now than it's ever been, yeah. and it's not just confined to the times of worship or a quiet time or mm. a celebration in church. It, it stays with you when when it's sustained. And it has to be daily sustained. Uh, keep that time up. It, that presence of God, I find, stays with you. Um, it's also, I know it's changed It's changed some attitudes in me. Yeah. I'm a lot more patient than True. I used to be. I'm less critical than I used to be. I realized this first. It was a smack in the middle of lockdown. We were still in a very strict lockdown. Remember those times we were still queuing up to get into Tesco's and such? And... Um, read all the restrictions and I was sitting in the car waiting for Anne to come out of the out of the store in the car park and I noticed a young couple uh, pushing their trolley up to their car which was parked in the disabled bay and they clearly weren't disabled and they unloaded their shopping so that that wound me up right away <laughs> well it would have and then they unloaded their shopping into, into the back of their car, pushed the trolley into the next bay and just left it there. Then she get they get in the car, and before they close the door, they lent out the car, peeled off their rubber gloves, and dropped them on the pavement, on, on, on the road, and then drove off. And that just, that just really... Years ago, I would have just been... Well, even years, months ago, I would have been so, oh, you, you know, I would have chased after them and tell them you, you're bad citizens, you know, sort of thing. But instead, I just felt love for them. And instead, the response in my heart was, oh, man, they don't know that Jesus loves them. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized, oh, something's changed in me. Because that's, that's not my natural reaction. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's worship has, has changed it's changed me inside, it's changed my attitude, it's changed how I respond to situations and people. It's also it's also become my go-to place. Mm. When, when I've had a bit of a rough day, or I'm feeling a bit of stress, or um, you know, it's it's my go-to place. I get to points in the day 
if it's a stressful day or a busy day or things have just been rushed and stuff, I get to places where I just think, oh, I need to go and worship. Mm-hmm. Because it's become my safe place, if you like, my, my yeah. place of reset, my place of restore, where I can go to and, and get back, get centered, get grounded again, and, and get back, back in tune with the voice of God. That's so wonderful to hear. And, um, and I think that there's, it's a, it comes with a challenge for, for us all, because I think there's, you know, the, the making that time for the, the presence of God is, is such an important thing. I'd lo- love to ask about the, the change that you started to see in our church because of it, in, in the church, our church in Gloucester, yeah. um, because obviously you started to bring these times of worship uh, into the, the kind of prayer meetings that you're running every week. So could you just tell us about that a little bit and the sort of the change that you're starting to see in the in the church? Yeah. So for for ten years or more, we've been leading prayer in the church. We've been having every Monday night a prayer meeting in the church, which has been of a particular style, um, quite active and and, and loud, um, as as is my style of prayer. So that's why it looks like that. Um, then that all stopped for for um, lockdown and went on to online prayer meetings, which worked for a time. And then we we started to ask the question ourselves, what happens after lockdown? How do how does prayer look in our church after lockdown? We knew, we just somehow knew it couldn't look the same as it did before. Something had to change. And then we started on this journey of worship and then God started to speak to me and said, this is for this is for the church. It's not just for you, but I'm doing it in you first because I can't happen through you until it's happened in you. And so we 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 chatted about okay when prayer comes back. I just felt a real strong conviction that we weren't going to go back to prayer meetings, but we we're going to go back to worship meetings. And we really believe that's what God was telling us to do, saying, "Don't worry about the prayer right now. That will you know that will come. That will come." What I want you to do is to worship. And, and the reason is people need to reconnect with God. Mm. This is what God said to me. So people need to reconnect with me. People need healing. They've, they've become adrift and they need to reconnect. And they're going to reconnect through worship. Um, it also goes back, another backstory, years, about three years ago, following our church conference, uh, God spoke very clear to me and he said, I'm going to do a new thing in your church. And the gateway is through worship. I shared that with the leadership. I also this this confirms what God's saying to us. That was three years ago. I'd totally forgotten about that word until several months back. I was looking through my text and I thought, oh gosh, it's happening now. Um, so we made the decision as soon as we were able to, to start meeting again on a Monday night. And we let everyone know, guys, we're resuming Monday prayer, but it's not prayer. It's worship. And we people arrived, we made it very clear, guys, this is not a prayer meeting, this is a worship meeting. I don't want to discourage you from praying, but we're here to worship. And we were very deliberate about that. So we started doing worship sets, worship meetings on a Monday night, led by YouTube, which we didn't know if it would work or not. It worked for us at home, but would that work in a corporate setting? Mm. We can just put a worship set on YouTube and will it work? So we very nervously went along to the first one, uh, picked out a, a, a great worship set that we knew everyone would be familiar with and know this, most of the songs, pressed play, and 
oh, I was in tears within mm-hmm. about 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes of that worship set starting. Yeah. I cried all the way through. <laughs> and at the end, I had to close the meeting and I struggled to close the meeting because I was in tears. And I said, guys, I'm just crying because I've been dreaming of this moment for months where people, God's people have gathered together, not to work out strategy, not to put a plan together, not, not even to pray, but simply to worship, simply to love on Jesus. And that's what we've been doing tonight. And it was, and it just carried on from there. So every Monday now, night now, we get together and pray. And worship. Worship, sorry. <laughs> and God is still saying the same thing. Yes. We, we keep asking God, is it time? Is it time? Is it time? And he's saying, no, it's not time to change it. I'm calling you to worship. Continue to worship. It's, it's like God has pressed the big reset button um, and, and calling us back to a place of intimacy, away from our busy, 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 back into a place of intimacy. And it begins with worship. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's been really interesting seeing as well what's been happening in the, the worldwide church recently yes. as well. You know, there's been a lot of these bands, you know, Maverick City, Upper Room, Bethel, just to, just to name a few, that have just really started to emerge that have been very deliberate in, you know, seeking the presence of God. And it feels like God's doing something worldwide Absolutely. at the moment. What what do you think that, talk to that kind of, what, what do you think God's doing at the moment with, with this? Uh, I think he's calling us back into that place of intimacy where he wants to surrender people so he can do what we can't. You know, he's given us all abilities and we've worked on those abilities and it's all been good. I mean, take nothing away from from what the church has done in the past, um, past decade, but God always moves forward. And new waves come all the time. And I think this is a wave where God is saying, this is my only my personal opinion. I think this is a wave where God is saying, now you've done well and, and you've there's lots happened in your own strength. But now it's me. Now it's going to be seen that it's me doing it, not you. You know, they're... Um, King Jehoshaphat, how he was faced with, and and we're faced with mighty battles at this moment in time. King Jehoshaphat was, and what what did God say? He said, stand still and and see what I'm going to do. But when they, he said, go out to battle, but go out like this. And the praisers went first, didn't they? And as they went first, the enemy was confounded. Um because God did it. As as the people praised, God did the work. And we can't do, we can't do what God wants to do at the moment, not in our own strength. So I I feel it's like he's going to do it as we praise and, and we worship. You know, we were just singing this morning, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles, with praise, with worship. And then God does the work. And I think God is saying to the church, let me do the work. You surrender. You worship. You praise. I'll do the work. I think the church worldwide has been given an incredible opportunity by by COVID. Hmm. 
by lockdown. Incredible opportunity. The, we've had an opportunity to strip back all the, the programming, which we need. We need programming, we need strategy, we, we, we need all this. But I, I do believe that the church worldwide, certainly the Western church, perhaps got bogged down in, in, in strategy and planning, and we became very corporate. Uh, and I think COVID's lockdown has given an opportunity to, to strip all that back and God saying, okay, let's start again. This time, it's not based on your strategy or your planning or the programs. It's based on me and the place of intimacy with me. Um, and the, out of that, God will do his, his miraculous works. Just, just this morning, I received a text from a, a good friend of ours who just sent a, a text to encourage us in this journey that we're on. And she said she was reading the account of when Jesus goes into the temple, overturns the tables. Uh, and then he says, my, my house will be a house of prayer, a prayer presence. And, and then it says, after that, all the, the blind and the lame were brought and Jesus healed them all. And it's, it's like Jesus, God was saying, I'm, I'm, my, my presence needs to be restored. Mm. When my presence is established, miracles will happen. That I firmly believe that if you get people into a worship environment, I believe that there will be times when we won't even have to pray for them. Just the, mm -hmm. because they're in the presence of God, they will get healed. They'll be set free. Yeah, I, I, I love that and completely agree. And I remember, you know, I, I grew up going to, uh, to Faith Camp, which is, um, I think that's just stopped running recently. And uh, the person who was running it, uh, Colin Urquhart, has just, uh, uh, just, uh, just been promoted uh, to glory. And uh, but it, that sense of worship and presence of God and pursuing the presence of God was definitely um, taught to me at an, an, an early age. But I know that's certainly not the case for for many people. And maybe many there been many people listening to this thinking, okay, um, what can I do, you know, as a church leader uh, to start fostering more times of you know spontaneous worship, pursuing the presence of God, allowing God to speak to us in in those times? What what could church leaders start to do? Well, I repeat something I said before. It, it can't happen through you until it's happened in you. Uh, it's just the way God works. He's not going to do something through you that you haven't, you know, it has to happen in you first before it can happen through you. I, I would encourage church leaders to, first of all, on a very personal level, pursue that presence. Put time aside in your diary every day to chase after the presence of God. If, if you're in full-time ministry employment, then put it into your, into, your, into your work diary. Schedule out an hour every day during your working day where all your staff know that from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. you are unavailable, you are unreachable. Take that time every day, lock yourself away, leave your laptop behind, leave your phone behind. You're not there to do sermon prep. You're there simply to worship God. Take that time, put it into your diary, schedule it in your calendar. Everyone knows during these hours, you are unreachable and it's non-negotiable. If you had an appointment every day to meet the CEO of your company or to meet the president or the prime minister, you wouldn't let anything intrude on that. How much more with the living God? So it starts, I think, with a deliberate decision from you as an individual 
to say, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to chase after the presence of God. I'm going to put time aside. We did that on a small, on a smaller scale by saying six till seven p.m. every evening we're going to worship. You know, but uh, as as a as an employee, as a minister of the gospel, you 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 have the right to do that. I would encourage every any ministry leader or anyone in ministry to, yeah, starts with you. Make make that time for it to happen in you first. Yeah, really, really good. Um, well, as as you know um this is a a strategy based podcast thinking church we did you know we we help with strategy with with churches and i've been kind of working on this um hypothesis not hypothesis probably not a, probably not a good word but i've been really starting to be aware that i've ne- i never really kind of put the link together between worship and, and vision and therefore worship and, and strategy um but could you just speak into that and and why you think that's linked and on why you think that's uh, and the importance of that because I think this is something that we can definitely um, investigate a little bit more and because I'm I'm, I'm conscious that the the two here are, are linked and, and I think that maybe there's something that's new coming where um, before we've we've done strategy but now it's strategy from a place of worship um, yeah could you speak to that. Quite hard, Chris. Because um, <laughs> I'm certainly for me, because I'm not a strategic minded person, but I'm aware that um, worship is God's strategy. Um, he's, yeah. he's used it uh, um, to progress the church right from the beginning of time. I mean, even in Genesis, the account of when when God creates things, it says at the end of his creation, he says, wow, that's good. And, you know, that that's worship, that's praise. He's, um, he's saying to, to, to himself and to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit, hey, just look what we've done, that's good. And so it's, it's as I think it's as we worship, then then that creative ideas will drop into a, into into your head as you, yeah, yeah. I we 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 the previous we never sat under the ministry of the previous uh, pastor of one church um, who was Albert Gardner, but I heard that he used to have the saying all the time. He said there. There are good plans and there are God plans. And we, we can be very tempted to go for good plans, which, which are good plans, but are they God plans? And the only way to know if it's God's plan is to talk to him and hear from him. And that's what worship does. Worship, I believe, when we worship, it, it changes the atmosphere in which we live and work. It opens the heavens and it, it, it gives us that direct um, correspondence, if you like, that it, it just makes us more sensitive to the voice of God and to the influence of his Holy Spirit on us because we were, cre- we were created to be creative. Mm. And God is extremely creative. So if, he, if God is creative and he wants to create something here, he needs to use us. Yeah. So he wants to put his creative ideas in us. 
But in order to receive those creative ideas from God, we need to be open to him. And, and worship is, is what does that. Opens the door. Worship opens, the, opens it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was better said than mine. Yeah. And I'm just reminded of the word that God gave me years ago for our church. is, is I'm going to do a new thing, and, you do, and the key is through worship. It, it has to be. We're created to be creative. And, and worship is the key. You know, a lot. some people struggle with worship. They say, why does God demand our worship? Is he that egotistical? <laughs> you know? No, you know, you see, it's not like a, a, a lovesick teenager saying to their partner, tell me you love me, tell me you love me. It, it's not that. God's not egotistical, but God knows that we, we, we are, he's created us to be expressive. And when we're expressive, it opens us up. You know, when, when you're expressive towards your husband or your wife, it opens your heart up. It does them good, sure, but it opens your heart up to receive mm, and, and, that's to, right. and to think bigger than, yeah. you know, oh, sh what should I bang in the oven for dinner? You start to think, well, how can, what special, what's something special I can do? And you become more creative. You know, silly example, but I think it works. Uh, so I think, I think worship opens up a whole bunch of stuff for us, which allows us to be more creative uh, in, in, in what we do for God and allows us to hear his plans and be creative for him in that manner. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for, for joining me today. Um, it's been really great just to investigate this and just to hear your story. And um, I love what God's been doing in you. And I'm, I think my prayer for Thinking Church is that, um, yeah, we've got to put some plans together and we're going to do that as best as we can. But we want to do that from a place of going, we want to genuinely hear what God is saying to us as a church, and then we'll put that into action. And, um, you know, very much that kind of, you know, we don't want to get man's plans. We want to get what, what God's plans are for the church. And, and uh, so, yeah, I just appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for, for taking the time to, uh, uh, to, to be with me today. And I'm just, yeah, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, Chris. Chris. It's been a pleasure. Lovely. Well, thanks for joining us for this week's show. We'll see you again next week.